Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. This is George Soroy. And those of you who know me know that a huge part of my life is film scores. That is something that has always been a part of my life, really, as long as I can remember. The first piece of music that I ever remember hearing was when my parents took me to the re-release, the first re-release of the original Star Wars so that overture was the first piece of music that I ever remember hearing. And even hearing uh, different classical music pieces and different rock and roll, you know, MTV was really just kind of starting up at that point when I was a kid, you know, like growing up in the, in the early 80s. There was something about the film scores that I seemed to always gravitate toward. And I still remember when I was, when I was growing up in Poughkeepsie, New York, and later on in Richmond, Virginia, when I would go to high school, film scores were always being added to my collection. There was something that was I was always getting. I was always getting the different cassettes. Later on, a whole bunch of CDs. And it that love of it just continues on to this day. I will I can definitely say that throughout my film score collection, I can point out to at least half of my collection and say, that piece of music inspired this scene that I wrote about. And so that is something that really, really means a lot to me. And when I entered college at Marymount Manhattan College, I this was the first time I realized that I had a kindred spirit. I had, all of a sudden, I had friends that were just as crazy about film scores as I was. And we had our favorites and uh, we disagreed on some things. They, you know, they weren't as much of a fan of Danny Elfman as I was and still am. Um, it just, it just kept on growing and it became, it, it became something really, really special. I still remember in uh, my sophomore year at the, in my exploring the performing arts class, when I got to meet Elliot Goldenthal got his autograph. It was an amazing experience uh, after seeing The Green Bird with Ju uh, the Julie Taymor directed. So there are a lot of really great experiences in my life that all seem to center around film scores. And a huge one, a big highlight for me as a film score lover was last week's show, getting to talk to Vince DiCola, hearing all those great stories about working with Frank Stallone on Staying Alive and then working with Sylvester Stallone on the score to Rocky IV. And I cannot wait until later on this year when we get Vince back here for part two of our discussion where he's going to be talking more about Transformers the movie. But that conversation does not happen if Peter Hackman wasn't there to make it happen. Now, Peter is one of those guys that is responsible for so much going on in the film score world. Peter is a manager over at uh, the Bohemia Group. He is a devout film score lover. He's a kindred spirit, somebody that I immediately uh, became friendly with as soon as we started talking about bringing Vince on the show. And it's just been a real joy getting to 
chat with him more, getting to learn more about him, getting to research more about him. And I knew I was going to bring Peter on. He is here. He's going to be telling us all about his life with basic that really literally revolves around film scores. And I'm really excited to hear what he's got to say about this. So ladies and gentlemen from the Bohemia Group, may I introduce Peter Hackman. Peter, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, George. I, I don't do a lot of interviews, which I prefer. <laughs> I can't stand hearing my voice, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad I'm doing this. It'll get me out of my shell a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> and, and happy to have you here. Like I said, you know, like, um, like I said, when I got to know more about what it is that you do, what you are all about, your love for film scores, I knew that, you know, like, okay, this, this person needs to be on my show. He needs to, he, we need to get what, you know, that sort of love for film scores out there because yeah. I know that there is a, there is a really big fan base and I hope that, I hope that I'm right about that. There's a decent fan base. Like, you know, I, I worked at a couple of labels, so I kind of know some figures as to what people buy. Um, so th there's a decent fan base. Um, it's not, you know, 50,000 people. It's, it's actually much smaller. I'd say 10 to 15,000 dedicated uh, people like you and me, George. But, you know, you talked about being lonely and stuff. And I said, that's how, how I felt living in Indiana. It's like, all I listened to was soundtracks and Somewhere in Time and Sister mm -hmm. Act. I'd only play the two Mark Shaman cues and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And, and it was, it's a lonely existence. Um, and it's not until <clears throat> like the internet came, that which I'm happy about that it kind of opened it up and there's all these forums. You can actually talk to people mm -hmm. and all yeah. that stuff. But how I kind of started was um, Lucas Kendall, great guy, gave us so much great music at Film Score Monthly. Uh, he wanted to have an event where fans would come out and he could hang out with them mm -hmm. and actually also try to tone it down a little bit on the message board because people get, they get so worked up and, and, you know, kind of throw jabs at each other. And it's like, dude, yeah. we're all, we're all film music fans. We should be all, super happy and like oh that's so great your favorite score was released all that stuff right that's how i am i like positivity -ness. so he had that event twice i went to the second one in 2009 and i had a blast i mean it was the first time i was in a room with people who who knew who jerry goldsmith was and alex north oh, and man. and all this and i'm like you know who these people are <laughs> <laughs> oh. so i just being in a room for a couple hours i was just enamored and i got to know a lot of people from mm -hmm. that event, I got to know Henry Stanley, who's now one of my best friends. I know his wife. I stayed with them for many years on trips mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, but Lucas, uh, the third year, he, he was getting a little nervous because people were flying in all over the world. And yeah. he was like, you know, we're just sitting in a room talking. So he was, he was just a little nervous. And he was also very busy with a lot of projects. So I said, I said I'd love to take this over. I said, I had a blast doing this. And I said, I also told him, I said, I, th I think this is important, you know, to have an event where these people who don't, who feel kind of lonely and isolated, they can just, they can, if they can afford to come to LA and yeah. hang out for a weekend with people who, who know who you are. And a lot of times, a lot of these people, we get together, we have a very similar mentalities. And a lot of times we don't talk about soundtracks. We just talk about life and what they're doing and all that stuff. So um, I took it over from Lucas on the third year because I thought it was important. And Lucas was great. He was like, take it over. Good luck. I also changed a name because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want him getting in trouble if something should happen, God forbid, and then his name's dragged down with it. So I changed it to the fans of film music. Um, Daniel Schweiger came on board and, and helped me uh, profusely getting composers. He's been hosting it. God bless him. Mm -hmm. um, 
which has been a lot of fun. It's been, and uh, what's interesting about this is so many people came forward of just wanting to help. They believed right. in it. They, they wanted to hang out. You know, we had a great film uh, cinematographer who filmed the first couple of years, Matthew Price, another gal, Lori Magno, helped orchestrate like, um, uh, what's a yarn, the things that go around your neck with the little, Oh, lanyards? Yeah, lanyards. Yeah. And Henry and Nancy, God bless them, helped with registration. And all these people just, Alan Dahl, God, Alan Dahl has done all our graphics, you know. Nice. All these people just kind of came forward because they believed in it and they just wanted to have fun. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And we had a, a, a photographer come, Iki Ikram, then Kaya Savaz did it. So it's, it's, it's fascinating how many people have come together for the greater good to kind of to see this through. And, and from that, um, fans of film music, um, I was actually the first few years I was doing it while I was still living in, in Indiana. So I was putting on this event while I was living in Indiana. Uh, then I moved out here. And it's yeah. based out of LA, right? The whole event. Yeah. All LA. I, I would organize it at home in Indiana. Then I would, sh- I would ship out everything I need for it. Yeah. Uh, and I would go there. First two years, it was at Dark Delicacies and Sue and Dell are some of my best friends. The great store, go visit them in Burbank. Mm-hmm. Still friends with them. So they really gave us our start. You know, all these people helped to really start us. And I, God, thank you, all of you people and all these companies. So it was, um, it was a great thing. And then I moved out here in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I was, uh, I didn't really have a job. I moved out here. Right. And then, um, uh let's see oh yeah Vrez I got to know a couple of the guys at Vrez Saraban mm-hmm. uh had some lunches with them I knew Todd Turner great great guy Brian Davis and then they were needing some extra help in the shipping department uh, mm-hmm. so I came on board I think like June January 6th or 9th 2014 and I'm like oh my god I'm working at Vrez Saraban Records oh my god <laughs> now for those, <laughs> like I now own for those everything now, for those of you who are not um, who are not as keyed into film scores as we are, Vera Saraban is the I would say like the definitive label of all the film scores for the past forty years. Label, that label is everywhere. Whenever you go to the soundtrack section, it is all over the place. Yeah, some of the stuff they've done is the Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, um, tons of stuff, tons and tons of stuff, House of Cards. A lot of big uh, franchises. So, you know, me as a nerd, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm working here. Plus, I got free copies because I work there. So I'm like, I'm going go. to save money there. There you go. <laughs> so worked with Todd in the back room shipping. It was wonderful. Todd's one of my best friends. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And then literally, I was only supposed to work there um, 13 days. There was something about taxes or something. They said, we can't have you past 14 days. And I said, oh, okay. I don't know if I impressed him. I don't know what happened. You know, the gods shine down on us. I don't know, but I went past the 14 days. You know, they'd mm-hmm. ask me opinions on this and that. And then I was co-producing albums within months. At one wow. point I was helping them with accounting, customer service. I mean, I was doing all these things, which I loved. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I'm a team player and you know, I'm like, what do you need help with? I'm happy to help, you know, I'll do anything. So yeah, I was there for five great years. Uh, I, I was also part of the group that did the eight disc Nightmare on Elm Street box set. Oh, nice. Very, that's the one that has the nice. sweater on it. And, and yeah, uh, I was very happy to have been the one who who mentioned the sweater idea. <laughs> I said, really? I said, I said, why? What if we could? Because, you know, we have to we have to see how much it'll cost and all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But I said, is it possible to see if we can have like a sweater over it? You know, Freddie's sweater. And we priced it out and found a company who could do it. It's like, yeah, it's, we can actually do it. So 
I was happy. I was, I was able to give one good piece of advice in five years to the company. <laughs> and and those and those eight discs. It's the original seven, including New Nightmare and Freddy vs. Jason, or is it the remake, uh, the 2010 I, remake? Freddy, yeah, Freddy vs. Jason's in there. Yeah, it's up okay. until that. Yeah, the Graham Ravel one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was a cool set. Then uh, Verez was sold to mm -hmm. Corporate America, uh, and then after a year of employment, they let 65 percent of the employees go. Uh, sadly, um, yeah. and I was one of them. That was mm -hmm. that was a hard time. I, oh gosh, yeah. I was I was I was like this was my dream job. Like like this is perfect. I'm a film score fan. I know I love the composers. I know a lot of them. I'm I know the fans. Like this is this is dream job. Like yeah. what am I gonna do? And literally two weeks less than two weeks later, a friend of mine at Bohemia Group, who mm -hmm. I'd known, who I'd met and had drinks with and some good sushi, um, he called me and said, Hey, you know we've been wanting to open up a whole music division of repping composers. Yeah. And I, I heard about, about uh, Brad Sarah and I said, you'd be perfect. And I said, me? Nice. <laughs> nice. So I, he said, you need to come in and meet Susan Ferris, the CEO. And I said, okay, you know, I didn't, but, but interesting enough, I had heard from, and I don't, I'm so unbraggadocious. I always preface things is like, and this is true. I heard from a lot of people who said, you'd be a great manager and agent because you, you love composers. You live and eat and breathe this. You're married to a composer. Your life is soundtracks. You're easy to get along with. You get, you get stuff done. Mm -hmm. so I'd heard this before, you know, I was like, Oh, that's nice. You know, bless their yeah. heart. <laughs> so I met and met with her and she hired me on the spot. And I, and I asked her, I said, did you do your research on me? She said, Oh yeah. I talked to a lot of people. And she said, everyone said, that's a great idea. And nice. I, reached out to a, a top tier composer who's a friend of ours. And I, and I asked him, I said, here's the job. They want me to be a manager. What are your thoughts? Because you know, you know me mm -hmm. and he said, you'd be, you'd be perfect at that. So that's, oh, that's great. great. That's great. And that was Valentine's day two years ago. So that's in a couple of weeks, I'm celebrating my two year anniversary of Bohemia group. So fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. So. That's a, it's a great, that's a great anniversary to have, you know, yeah. like being able to do, being able to do what you love and being yeah. surrounded by what you love. Now um, we all have our lightning bolt moments. We all have that moment that just, you know, allows us to kind of point in a direction and say, that's what I want to do. That's the field I want to be in. That's who I want to be. Um, and for me, like as a lover of film scores, like I said in my intro, it was hearing the overture from star Wars that, stayed with me on a real like deep primal level. Um, what was it for you? What was your lightning bolt moment? Tell us about that. Well, that really, it was- <clears throat> really made it. you love film music. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, this is a funny one. You know, American Tale came out in I think 86, mm -hmm. uh, holidays of 86. And I think I got, my parents gave me the cassette. They weren't into music or soundtracks. They just said, oh, this is a kid's film and you know, this will be perfect for Peter. So they gave me a cassette. Nice. And I, and I remember, way back then I remember fast forwarding the songs and and only listening to the orchestral score cues by the London Symphony Orchestra now that's ah. weird that's strange that's weird behavior I was nine I should have been skipping that boring <laughs> orchestra crap and then gone to the fun upbeat songs but I was yeah, the like no cats in America you know like yeah yeah, yeah. but it was like oh what's this oh what in credits Ooh, I like this main time Ooh, I loved it and it yeah. just it went from there. It's just like, I couldn't get enough film music. That was what sparked it. And funny enough, one of my clients, Holly Amber Church mm -hmm. at American Tale was the same one that got her into what she's doing too. So that was an interesting thing to learn about no Holly. Kidding. 
<laughs> oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. That's so cool. It's, it's always good to find, like I said, you know, like it's always good to find those kind of kindred spirits, sure. the ones yeah. that really kind of, that, that validate what you're doing, you know, what yeah. you, what yeah. you love, you know, yeah. I mean, every, everyone always wants to be like, just, you know, like this is, this is what I love. And sometimes we'll kind of take pride in the fact that we're like the little misfits that, oh, that yeah. gravitate toward one thing, but it's when you find somebody else that is of that same sort of mindset, it's almost like these years hadn't been wasted. You know, like they, yes. this is, this is what it's all about, you know, and that sort of community, that sort of vibe and everything just really gets, and that's, gets that's big, And that's, that's what fans of film music is. I mean, the, the relationships that people have started from people all over the world flying in, mm -hmm. you know, now friends with each other when they fly in, it's, it's like a big, uh, it's like a big extended family. I mean, that's the big thing I love. And another thing, you know, we had fans of film music at the bridge for many years with Greg Curtis and Vicky, great people. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I always would tell Greg, I said, you know, I've been on, quite a few sessions, you know, the big studios recording sessions. And every time I go there, my hair is staying up on my arms. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here. I won't, yeah. I don't want to get in trouble, uh, but it's, it's still so magical. So I know that feeling. And just to see these people's reactions who have never been on a stage and their eyes mm -hmm. are lighting up, they're just looking around. And I go, if I can get one person to feel what I felt the first time, then I, then it's all worth it. Cause that's a lot of work doing the fans of film yeah. music. I do everything. It's a lot of work, but you know, I, I do all the organization on the back end and stuff. It sounds like from what you were saying um, at the beginning, how it really kind of started, it almost sounds like the way that the original Star Trek conventions were. Since yeah, that you know, was a little fan yeah. kind of thing, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And also as things get bigger, there's more politics, there's more confusions, there's more problems <laughs> and everything else. And, but it all works out in the end at the end of every event, you know, we've, we've actually had 11 perfect events. There's not been major snafus ever. And I can't even believe that. That's, and that's because not because of me, that's because of everyone I've had help me literally like, like I, I think of it, I'm yeah. just like, like the director a little bit, but everyone else is like doing everything. That's how I feel about it. I'm, I'm here mm -hmm. because of everyone that is, else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fab. That's fabulous. Too. Was um, now when um, what I was saying before, like when, in uh, when I was a sophomore in college, and I exploring the performing arts class, went to go see the Green Playbill, and I saw music performed by Elliot Goldenthal, and I was like, oh, I think he's here, and so I asked one of the ushers, you know, like, is Mr. Goldenthal here? The usher went ahead and got the head usher, brought brought her over to me. Is it like, who are you looking for again? I was like, Mr. Goldenthal, the composer. She went ahead and found him and brought him over to me. And he was so gracious and such a nice guy and everything. Signed my, you know, signed my playbill, listened to me kind of gush and tell him I had three of his albums and everything. And and um, he was just the, the nicest guy and everything. So that was really my first real full-on experience talking to a composer. What yeah. was your first experience like? Oh, Lordy. For, well, I mean, growing up in Indiana, my family, John Williams would go and play at the uh, Chicago Symphony. So oh, yeah. we went and saw him several times. And I, I remember the first time Sam just being like, there's the man. I mean, yeah. I, I still tell people out here, my spouse, composer Edward Winner and I, we still mm -hmm. tell uh, film music fans and compo fellow composers and all that. It's like, you've not seen John Williams and you live in L.A. Dude, he's like 86. Now you're seven, 88. How mm -hmm. much time is there left? You need yeah. to go see this man so you can say, I saw the master. Yep, I saw I him. Did. Yeah, I saw him. Yep. 2006. It's mind boggling. 2006, <laughs> saw him in New York City and uh, at the um, 
uh, Alice Tully Hall, and he did. Uh, it was a it was a performance that um, with uh, it was like a, a best of thing for both him and a tribute to Bernard Herman. So right. the first the first half was all Bernard Herman with Martin Scorsese uh, intro- introducing each segment, and then the other one was all uh williams and spielberg with steven spielberg there and yeah and they the finale the big finale of course was the last 15 minutes of et with the with the the movie going um as the film score and yeah i was the 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 second half of that i was bawling i was such a mess so yeah i totally get what you mean when you when you have that sort of life-changing moment almost when you get to see the man when you get to see john williams himself but see john in person person you know a few times it didn't get me to go i have to do something with film music i never really thought about that like i i have a telecommunications degree and a film minor i wasn't really sure what what the heck i was going to do so mm-hmm. though i love film music i never really thought of and i also never thought like i would work at a soundtrack label it's like I, I i'm in indiana right i'm not gonna be able to do any of that stuff so it, it never dawned on me <clears throat> to do any of that stuff but with all the trips I would have coming out to LA for my fans of film music, people wanted to meet me for some reason. I don't know why, you know, Henry, yeah. Henry and Nancy wanted to meet me and, and, and so many other people. And, um, and I was, I, every time I'd, I'd go home and go, why do they want to meet me? Mm-hmm. <gasps> I'm just yeah. some kid from Indiana. I'm of no importance, mm-hmm. um, but they did. And, and what's funny is a lot of that was networking and getting to know people in this industry, but I didn't know that's what it was because I was just like, hey, Peter, let's go have lunch. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But it was kind of in a way networking in, in, in some weird, strange way, which led to, you know, the Vrez thing because I got to know Todd and Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brian had his own label, Note for Note Music, which I came upon and, and all that stuff. So it's, uh, but but the, the first composer I met would be David Shire. He came to Ball State, which is where I went to school in Muncie. Oh, wow. What's funny is I was working the front desk of our dormitory, mm-hmm. I was looking through our mag, our uh, newspaper, and I said, "Oh, David Shire's going to perform." I was like, "Oh my God!" Return to Oz, Bay yeah. City's released. My God, it's like my favorite soundtrack. Nice. nice. So I'm like, "Okay, he's uh, eight to 10. I'm like, "It's nine forty. What? Oh like no! I, and I, I, I remember I called someone to take over my last twenty minutes, and I ran upstairs to get my CD. I wasn't in the soundtrack autographs, right? Um, at all. Now I have like almost six thousand autograph CDs. But I was not into it, but I was like, I'll just grab it. Yeah. So I literally caught the final like two minutes of whatever song he was on the piano and someone was singing and he was approachable. I went up to him and gushed like a nerd and, and said, love returned to Oz. And he signed it. Something oh, like, dear nice. Peter, great to meet you here in Muncie, David Shire, which I still have. And I was oh, like, oh my God, I met David Shire. Yeah. I mean, I'm still that way. Like, you know, like, like it took, you know, I, I, I'd always remind composers, oh, it's a Peter Hackman. Like I did that with John Debney for years and years because these people meet so many hundreds more people than we do. And, and yeah. if they don't remember my name, that's fine. I get it because there's so many, they meet so many people, you know what yeah. I mean? So mm-hmm. I'd always go, oh, hey, John, it's a Peter. And I remember one time he said, I, I know who you are. You don't, you don't have to keep reminding me. <laughs> and I was like, John Debney knows who I am now. He knows my name. That's neck. great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. And jo- yeah, John was gracious enough to accept me as a Facebook friend. So hi, John. Okay. <laughs> John's great, great composer, musician, all that good guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am. I am a fan. And uh, so um, so when you when you have those sort of experiences, when you get to you know meet these 
great composers. Um, what was what was it like? You know, just kind of meeting that. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, David Shire. Obviously, you were a fan. Obviously, sure. for for all the right for all the yeah. right reasons. Um, but you know, like when you when you get to meet, like, uh, was there someone that you had known for like so many years from like all these different kinds of films and everything that all of a sudden you know, like there they are, you know, meeting you? Let's see. You know, I. Richard Richard Bellis, who who doesn't have a lot out there to listen to, but he's done a lot. But he mm -hmm. did um, Stephen King's It miniseries in 1990. Oh, okay. I, I was very sick at the time. I suffer from severe asthma and really bad lungs, so I spent a lot of my years in hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I was and I remember I was sick during that, and I remember the music, and I love the music. It's like one of my yeah. favorite scores. And his his the last track <clears throat> on the soundtrack, Hi Ho Silver, is just so nostalgic and heartfelt and and at the end it's uplifting and i i've we're now friends with him i can't believe i even know who richard bell is he even knows me god bless him yeah but i you know met him and i was just like god i just that piece of i told him i said that cue is literally in my top three favorite cues ever i just it's and god bless him he printed out a, a, a sheet music of it and signed wow. it for me and gave it to me at a sign and i'm like in tears oh man that's so cool <laughs> That is so cool. Into his house, had lunch. He signed some it vinyls for me and some friends. It's like he is just the absolute, and he has yeah. such a great sense of humor. My God, he has a good sense of humor. I said, I hope I have that sense of humor when when I'm your age here in a couple of years. Yeah, um, that was one of them. Um, but I have found most composers to be pretty cool, pretty down to earth, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of them find out I have fans. People know me. <laughs> Yeah, um, Vince DiCola. Vince DiCola did Rocky Four, and you know it sold. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got gold records in his house. He is the most down to earth, um, um, Midwestern, nice guy. It's just like him and I got shot, got yeah. off together greatly. I mean, from the get go, we were we were good friends, and it's like we're both Midwest people. Mm -hmm. So it's um, yeah, it is neat. It's funny. I went to the, I've been to the Oscars a couple times with my good friend Marshall Harvey, and you know, there's all these actresses and actors walking around and i'm like oh that's neat but it's not when i see a composer i go oh there's john williams you know the, yeah. the actor i should be the other way i should be going oh look there's steven spielberg walking around me i'm like oh it's john williams i see howard shore <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, oh uh, another great. one be dave howard shore, yeah <laughs> yeah dave grusen was a biggie he was playing at the uh Catalina jazz club and i was still there working at Verez. we were doing some albums of his and i and I uh, used my Verez in afterward to go. Oh, I work at Verez. We produced his albums. Like, oh yeah, go say hi. Did he play um, some? Did he play some pieces from the firm? Oh yeah, yeah. He played. I think he played the love thing, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I went up to him afterwards and I said, oh, "I work at Verez. We're doing some of your stuff. I'm huge, huge fan of yours." And he's one of the one of them that I was tongue tied. And as he's signing, mm -hmm. you know, the six or seven hundred CD covers I put in front of him. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, I said, I, I didn't know what to say because these, these people, they've heard everything. They've heard your story. Oh, I love this movie. Oh, I watched it with my grandfather. They've heard it. I just basically said, he really is just nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, there's nothing I, I can say. Like, what can you say? Gonna... It's just like, I mean, like you, you don't want to just stand there and go through their filmography. I remember sure. somebody somebody doing that when I went to, when I got Al Oliver Stone's autograph. You know, like, oh, he's wow. just, nice. This one guy is just like, just, he, he's right. He was, uh, he was right in front of me right next to me actually. And while he's signing my Nixon book, cause I got the Nixon script book nice. and, and he's, he's signing that. And I had a question about him about the soundtrack, <clears throat> of course. 
um, because it starts off with this really great, like epic overture. Yeah. And, but then, but that's not the way the movie starts. So I was going to ask him if that was, you know, like a trailer, if that was a deleted opening or whatever, didn't get a chance to ask him because the guy right next to me was just like, Oh, Oliver, I really love you. Uh, born on the 4th of July and JFK. It was just like, he knows what he did. I get that too. Like, like when, when I'm, I go to conventions, I get autographs from celebrities and all that stuff. I'm such an autograph nerd, but yeah. I hate it when there's a line of people and the person up there is just yapping and yapping and yapping. It's like, get to your point, pay them the mm -hmm. money, say how much you like it and move on. Those people just keep talking and talking and talking. It's like, dude, come on, get with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think of that, like if I'm in line, I don't want to be that person. I'll, and I'm I'm sometimes too quick. I won't even get a picture because I don't want to be that person. But right. everyone behind me is going, hurry up, guy, come on. So I, mm -hmm. I try to get through lines quick. So yeah, I totally get that story. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very much aware of it too. You know, like if ever, there's a long line, and I'm on it, you know, and I'm, I'm keep, I'm very cognizant of who's in front of me and who's behind me. Yeah. So that way I can, I know that uh, if, if there's no one else behind me, then yeah, take a minute, you know, relax and everything, you know, just sure. talk to them. But if, if they're, if, if they're pressed for time, you know, yeah. say what you need to do and, yeah. you know, move on. Yeah. Uh, so Speaking I, of Nixon, uh, John, I met John Williams a few times. Oof. And the first time I met him, I was at, it was at the uh, Society of Composers and Lyricists Oscar luncheon at a, um, um, a composer's house who did one of the airport films the name escapes me um right now but john was gracious with everyone and all that and i and i waited till he was outside and i just quickly took a moment of his time I, and i i said mr williams and he said oh yes grabs my hand keeps holding it dead eye to eye like his agents next to him he gave me his whole and he does that he'll give you his whole undivided attention it's like there's no one else and i told him you know that you know, shortly before my dad passed, we went and saw you. And it was like, it was literally one of the last great times with my dad. He said, oh, he said, if, if I could just hear the Raiders theme over and over again for the whole night, I'd be fine. And John, he just thanked me. And he's like, no, no, thank you. My goodness. Thank you so much. It wasn't, you know, he's pawning me off. He just stopped dead, held my yeah. hand eye to eye and just heard everything. It's just, and I've seen him do that. He's just, he's so gracious with everyone. God, I yeah. love him. <laughs> yeah, I really. It, I, and I've always, I've always had, you know, nothing but, you know, absolute respect for the man. And sure. just, you know, like he's, you know, when you're the greatest, you know, living composer of our time, you, you, you really just, you, you have to accept that. <laughs> just yeah. like that's he's, he is the greatest. There is nothing. There is no one. But he no doesn't one better think he in, is. This, in the field. Yeah, he doesn't think he is. He's still trying to, you know, maybe I can make this a little bit better. I mean, that is the mentality I wish more people had in this industry. Yeah, you know, my my man, my uh, clients come to me for advice. I help them and all that. And at the end of the day, I go, God, I helped them. I, I hope I helped them. You know, I did my best. You know, I'm always second guessing myself. You know, and, and mm -hmm. everything. I just because I I don't have an ego. I don't think. Oh, of course they're coming to me. I do right. everything. <laughs> no, I don't have that at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Um... So has there been anyone that you have, uh, have, you know, still yet to meet that's still like on your list that you're still able to meet? Like, um, I know that you were saying at, um, in your bio, how James Horner's music oh, really, yeah. really got to you. Did you ever get to meet James? I didn't. And that's a, oh, that's a sad, <laughs> mm -hmm. James Horner. Yeah. James Horner was my favorite composer. I just, I, I, I love all film music, but I generate 
generally go towards like really emotional, like those 10 plus 15 minute long in credit cues that he does where, you know, mm-hmm. in Legends of the Fall and all these yeah. beautiful to Jillian on her 37th birthday, those types of pieces, it's just, it's just, I call it like thinking music. It's like music mm-hmm. to sit at the beach and just ponder life's decisions and just re- and relax. And um, when I moved out here in 2013, he was still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had uh, I think the 33 was that I saw billboards I said oh that's awesome and I thought yeah I'm going to meet him at some point or at least be in the room with him because he they do do screenings and and all that for movies so and he does do them so I said I will probably be in a room with him and I'll be fine with that I can say okay I was in the moon with James Horner but then yeah. and then in 2014 I believe it was he passed away and and yeah. uh, that was. Um, I went to work the next day and my boss at the time, Darren Blumenthal, wonderful boss, my best boss I've ever had. Yeah. I was crying and I said, and I said, is, I think I need to work from home. He's like, you're fine. Go take a few days, work from home. You're good to go. And I was like, that's a good boss. Cause he knew yeah. I don't, you know, this isn't just a job working mm-hmm. at rest. It's like, I, I loved every single thing about it. So it's a yeah. great boss. So yeah, that, that hit me. That hit me and Edwin pretty hard because he's an, he's also a huge James Horner fan. So, ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there like one particular score of his that you really just kind of like hold up as you know? I, I really love his The New World um, actiony scores. I like The Perfect Storm. Oh, that's a great um, score. Great. Score. That is a great but score. The le- second to last track, I forget the name of it, but. Uh, the the it's, one the one from you know, like right at the very um not the very very end but the one like um where it's just like uh Mark Wahlberg just like out in the water yes okay yeah, yeah. it's just I, I've a, and I've heard uh, I've heard the Let's Go Boys track like over and over again I just that's oh, yeah. that's one that I really really did love. you know that they made a single that has the um Yours Forever with I think dialogue but then they have another one called Longliners which is a four minute track a suite of music, which is a little different Ooh. that's not on the soundtrack. So for nerds out there like me, go search it out. And also yeah. interesting enough, if you can find the FYC to the new world, the mm-hmm. first track on the soundtrack had birds chirping mm-hmm. on the FYC, those bird chirpings are gone. So in case you want oh. that without bird chirping, go to eBay, have fun, good luck paying $600. <laughs> <laughs> There will be fans that, that will do it. You know, that's oh, I yeah. will be one, but you know, there there will be fans that will do it. I paid two hundred dollars for the Brokeback Mountain promo back in the day, and I'm like, that's just so stupid. I paid like one hundred and fifty for Robert wow. Folk's um, two two CD set, and I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> but I needed it, so I did it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I haven't gone that extravagant. I mean, there are certain <laughs> soundtracks that I just knew I was going to own, just like the. Um, uh, Craig Armstrong scored to the Incredible Hulk. You know, like when I first oh, heard yeah. that one, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to own that. And that's still, to me, I would put that in like the top five of all the MCU. Um, oh, yeah, it's scores. great. It's fabulous. And anyway, it has a nice, it's nice to have a nice hint of the Joe Harnell. Da, 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 da. I love yes. That. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And the, you know, just hearing like, so, you know, so much. And the the opening track actually on the album, um, The Arctic, which was the deleted scene, the, their deleted opening. Um, that inspired so much of my own writing, like that, okay. that piece and the main title that was just like, I picture, cause I, you know, like my, my, uh, story editor, uh, Jerry Ann Geller always made a point to say like, uh, you have a very cinematic approach to your writing, which you know, basically just means that 
as she reads it, she can almost like see it on the screen. And oh, that's, that's something that, that that was a wonderful, wonderful compliment. That I, yeah. you know, hold, hold totally. very, hold very dearly. And I always pictured this, you know, this type of prologue that revolved around that piece around the Arctic. And then the, and then it even just like the very beginning of the main title is the end of that prologue. And then that leads into this opening credit sequence that I have, like I still have in my head that, I've had for several years and the book has only been out since 2018. So um, that's, it's, you know, film music really, really just gets the the juices flowing creatively for me. And yeah, I, I've also found it to be, and I, I'm sure it's the same way with pop songs, but like whatever emotion I'm feeling, I've got like, it's like, I got London, I got James Horner with the London symphony, mm-hmm. you know, helping me through this, you know, my film music has, has helped me more than anything. Yeah. <clears throat> to get through the the troubles and stuff of life and stuff and the fact that i'm still the fact that i'm working in this industry in, in any way shape or form i'm just mm-hmm. i'm i'm shocked like it, it will never i will never be like this will never be normal to me like of course right. i'm doing this and i'm a manager every day i'm just like wow wow i can't mm-hmm. believe it. Uh, and, yeah. and that's and that just is what just keeps you going this is like the fact that you're still just of that mindset of just you know this is this is what you love it doesn't get old and therefore, it doesn't really, it doesn't feel like a job, does it? No, no, not at all. You know, and, and also I know a lot, you know, you, you've got Facebook friends and, you know, they talk about, oh, it's the Wednesday hump. And I've had jobs like that where it's like, oh, my God, help me yeah. through this weekend. And the fact that I, I'm able to do these things and so many people don't have those kind of jobs, you know, mm-hmm. it, it saddens me that a lot of people can't have that. You know, I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I totally get it. But, you know, do you want to talk about my label that I co-own? Absolutely. No, no, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, let's let's so go on Vrez, that one. Sure. When Vrez ended and then, you know, Bohemia picked me up, mm-hmm. uh, my good friend, Brian Davis uh, at Vrez, he turned into a music contract. He turned into a contractor. Mm-hmm. So he was an employee. And then he started his own label oh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then when I was let go, he asked me if I want to come on board and, and help him and do all that good stuff. And I said, sure. So, so we've been working together the last couple of years and we literally just released today uh, Young Frankenstein, London cast recording, Mel Brooks, and the first fifty orders are autographed by Mel Brooks. Oh and wow! And I'm like, and we we had a meeting with him, and his people were absolutely her, her, her hysterical. They're wonderful. Yeah, I mean, just to be in Mel Brooks's office, like, and what's funny is he's so interesting in that he's '90s, but he's all mm-hmm. there, and he's he he'll throw something out to you, and you can you can you. You can see he's watching you to see if you take to it, if you laugh. And then if it does, it's it, it looks like it's it's energy for him to keep going to do something else to make you laugh. I could I, it was interesting watching him, yeah. but that's the vibe I got. A super sweet guy, knew what he wanted, and uh, and just to be able to work with him and his team, and, and that effect he's going to sign fifty copies of our CE, which he never does that stuff is like wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just and yeah, that that's and that score too, Young Frankenstein. Oh yeah, such an amazing score. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I I truly truly love the, the London cast. The London cast has the mu- music and lyrics by Mel Brooks, uh, yeah. but it also has excerpts from the John Morris score as well. So nice. there is. So for those who love John Morris, which I love yeah. as me too, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, there is some quotes from the Transylvania Lullaby and all that stuff in there. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That. That's. That's awesome. That's so. 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 For no. For no. We. You know. We do archival stuff. We do a lot of newer releases. A lot of composers who, you know, mm-hmm. want want to get their stuff out because we totally believe in new talent, 
mm-hmm. getting their music out there. And it's also like me being a manager, I know how important it is for them to get as much music out as they as possible, especially on Spotify. Yeah. Because a lot of music soups, you know, check out Spotify and and and, and listen. So for me, I'm I'm always like telling everyone, get your music out there. Just get it out there in case someone comes across. I mean, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. He, Ran across that wasn't a Michael Abel's a piece on YouTube. Now yeah. he scored two of his films. Michael wow. Abel was in the stratosphere of composers, mm-hmm. and and the rest is history. By the way, Michael Abel's is one of the nicest, kindest humans I've ever met, um, oh, and man, Uber Town. So cool. <laughs> and and a great and such a I love I absolutely love the score to us. Oh, like, they're that's great. So good. That is so good. So and, good. Yeah. Yeah. And so the um and and the the remix of I Got Five on it just like I. I Oh, I've gone to that so many times, so many times over. It's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah, brilliant. Good. Um, and I know that one of the clients that you have is Christopher Young, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. Yeah. Who was is it like, it? What was it like getting to, to meet him? Well, I, I met Chris. Um, Chris occasionally um, does conventions, rarely, but occasionally. Mm-hmm. So I've seen him here and there in the horror circuit. Yep. Um, he's been at, he's signed it like dark delicacies or, or creature features. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ran into him here and there. He didn't remember me and that's fine. I mean, I, again, I take no, I, that doesn't bother me. Some people are like, I met you last year. Why don't you remember me? I'm not that way. I'm like, these people <laughs> meet hundreds of people. If, and yeah. I, you know, if you don't remember my name, that's fine. I, I don't mm-hmm. care. Right. So, um, and then I started working at Verez, uh, and then I did Fans of Film Music, and he was a guest at Fans of Film Music the second year back in 2011. God, I've known him for over 10 years now. Wow. So That's fabulous. Yeah. We had, I told him, I said, let's have a party. And he's like, sure, let's do it here. So at your house, you want me to give people your address? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we had this massive party. We've actually had two parties at his house, and I'm telling you, man, people still talk about it. I've just, everybody getting together he got all the food and and other composers came and it was just fun soundtrack fans composers hanging out it was a two great parties um so yeah. that was fun and then at Verez, um i helped with a soundtrack called uh, wilson's heart which is a really cool game score he did mm-hmm. i also was a co-producer with the great carrie mansfield and brian davis mm-hmm. uh, from Verez on the eight disc um nightmare elm street box set i coordinated with chris of getting the music transfer and all that good stuff and just here and there, and I, I we we were at um <clears throat> we were at a service for I believe Nick Redman who passed away at um he worked at 20, with 20th Century Fox on a lot of great um, releases for soundtracks. He had his own Twilight Time, mm. really good guy. And um, Chris was there, and a lot of other people. And I was talking to Chris, and I said, Chris, they let me go. They they let me and so many other people go at Verez. And I said, I'm now repping composers, and he, he quickly said, We need to do lunch next week. <laughs> So nice. he said, and I said, I said, oh, okay. I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, he wants to pick my brain or something. I mean, he's not going to ask me. I mean, you're right. Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talked to me and he said, you know, I've, I've seen what you've done. You know, I've been impressed with you. You know, we've been friends for 10 years and he he wanted to sign with me. I'm like, OK, <laughs> that's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I what's even nerdier is I told him, I said, you know, I own all of your CDs, all of your promos. And I think they're all autographed, too. <laughs> But, you know, I think there's I think there's something good about and maybe really beneficial having maybe I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm talking out my butt, but mm-hmm. someone who's not just your manager agent, but they actually listen to your music like this isn't just a job. This is like they listen to your music 
they yeah. know your music like if someone says hey we need to do a demo we need we need eight ta- eight tracks that's more industrial sounding do you know what in chris's filmography is like oh yeah i can do it in a heartbeat most right. people can do that because you know they don't listen to this music as as i as i tell my spouse and friends of mine i said the whole the whole my whole life listening to soundtracks was like was like pre-work it, it was like getting mm. me ready for all these jobs because it's like at Verez, you know, besides Robert Townsend, there really wasn't someone there who, if they said, hey, it's Jerry Goldsmith's birthday, we need 30 tracks, can you put this together in five minutes? Well, that's easy. I type in Jerry Goldsmith, I know what uh, soundtracks are ours. Mm-hmm. You know, Medicine Man, we'll use the trees. You know, The Omen, we'll use Ava Satina. I mean, I knew exactly what tracks to do. Besides Bob, who is really, really busy with his great concerts and, and producing his own great soundtracks, you know, it was me. And, and mm-hmm. that, I guess, was resourceful in the fact that, you know, all this odd knowledge and listening actually helped me later in life in all these jobs, which is kind of funny yeah. <laughs> when you think That's, about it. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. I'm so, so, with, so with every, no, it's fine. It's fine. So <laughs> with everything that you've done, like every, all the different uh, events that you've chaired, you have your own label and you've, uh, you've worked with all, all these different composers. You've at, you've signed seven now and what's, what's next on your bucket list? Cause you, you're doing a whole lot here. And yeah. you're, li- you're real. You're literally living the dream. Well, you talked about earlier composers you haven't met yet. Um, yeah, I really love Christopher Gordon. He's, I think he's in Australia. Mm-hmm. I believe I've not met him. He, he's he's high on my list. I'd love to meet him someday. Yeah, um, that would be really cool. Another composer who, um, Rock at Gibraltar is a score from '88. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. score, and I always loved the soundtrack. Then when I started working at Vrez, I told him i said we got to do the soundtrack yeah um it fell through and then intrada records picked it up and it's my holy grail my one holy grail of unreleased music and i was able to produce it and i, I told andrew that awesome. the composer said if i never produced another album i'm fine like if this is all i ever did mm-hmm. i'm fine with it. i got my one holy grail out i'm a happy camper that is awesome <laughs> it's so cool but yeah well yeah what's next on my list you know just repping these great composers and, and helping them in any way, shape or form. And, you know, that to me is great. You know, Edwin's doing good with his career is doing a lot of good game work. Mm-hmm. He's going to have some movies coming up. Um, once COVID's gone, right. fans of film music, I, I really implore, employ people, you know, keep an eye on the fans of film music uh, socials and, and check out our website when we post, when we have our next event, hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have it in the fall. And hopefully, you know, we can all be together because I'm telling you, if you really feel lonely or like, I wish I could actually meet people. It's one thing to chat on a Facebook forum. It's another thing to come out. And I'm telling you, you will be welcome with open arms. Like we are all very nice. We always try to have some gatherings where we just kind of maybe go and just sit maybe at the smokehouse restaurant, just talk, just get to know each other. So, you know, save up your pennies and dimes. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you come out and, and just hang out with us and get to know us. You know, it's, it's, again, it's, it really makes you not feel so isolated, you know, God bless the internet that helps as well. But, you know, seeing people in real life, you know, it's, you'll love it. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Yeah. That's fun. So, community so what, building. <laughs> so what, um, so, so that would actually, that actually leads right into a, a really good question that, you know, that um, a, a question that I usually use when uh, we're right at the, right at the very end of all of this. And this is what, sort of advice you would have for anyone kind of looking to follow in your footsteps to get involved in film music um however possible what sort of advice would you have for that 
I would say have a good attitude, be extremely helpful. You know, like I've donated my time, like, like Joe LaDuca. I know Joe LaDuca, great guy. Um, super, super great guy. He did the Evil Dead uh, mm-hmm. series and the Xena and, and all that, the Hercules, which is some really great music. Yeah. Um, he was doing an event at Amoeba and I, and I texted him, I think it was, and I said, hey, Joe, you're doing this event. Do you need any help? Like I, I already worked at Verez. Like I, I wasn't doing this to be like, you know, oh, how, what in could I get with Joe? It's like, I already know him. I was just, I've done enough events and I thought I could probably be useful. And he said, oh my God, yes, please. And thank you. So I went there and I just, you know, I, I was anticipating like stuff like, you know, Joe, you need a water? Oh, I would love a water. Hey, can you get him a water? I was anticipating, it was like publicist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to help and he loved it. And, and, you know, I helped him a little bit just doing stuff like that. You know, uh, Richard Kraft's big on that as well. And I think there is something to that of just mm-hmm. being helpful and useful of just donating your time occasionally. Cause you know, when someone says, Oh, they're really helpful and useful. You know, I could use that person over here and there and all that stuff. So there is something to that. Um, I think, but yeah, did I answer anyway. the question or am I blabbering again? No, no, this is great. <laughs> this is fantastic. And where can, so you mentioned before, uh, fans, fans of film music on social media. Yeah. Where else can, where else can they find you? Where else can fans um, find you? Well, Fans of Film Music is a website, brand new website with a lot of photos of our past events and all our all the people we've had. You know, I, as I was redoing the website with um, my spouse Edwin, who did so much, God bless him. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'm looking at this alumni. Hell, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, just looking at all these composers who've said yes to me. I mean, that first year when I had John Ottman, Michael Wadmaker, John Debney, Tyler Bates, Stu Phillips, um, wow. um, I was just like how did I get, the, how did I get these people? And they just, yeah. you know, one after another just said, Oh yeah, I'll do. I'll come. Cause I'm like, why would you come to some store with someone you don't even know and, and do this? And they did that. And I was just like, Oh my God. And then the next year, you know, Brian Tyler, freaking Charlie Fox, wow. nine to five. Nice. And Ken Thorne, Superman two and three, Brad fight. Yeah. Brad fight. I, I asked Brad that I said at the event, <clears throat> cause we had great rapport. Right. Was up at his house last year. Sweet, sweet guy, him and his wife. And, I said, why did you come to this? I, I said, at the time of fans of film music, I said, there's one image of you on the internet. And he said, oh, every so often I like to come out of the woodwork and do something. And he said, yeah, you seem like a cool guy. <laughs> and I said, well, thanks. <laughs> but just, man, I, I, and this is how and, I felt. Brad, I never, and, Brad's got, and Brad's got some awesome music under his belt. Oh, yeah. too. Like, it's so good. So I good. never thought in my life I'd ever meet a composer, ever. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm a film, film score guy. I love the music. I've seen John Williams a couple of times. And that's that. Right. So, so to be where I'm at, to, to have been able to meet some of these people and have some friendships and actually rep a few of these people like, dude, I'm like, if I died tomorrow, like I'd be like, I, I lived a good life. I did some incredible things. You know, I'm done. I'm, ha- I'm happy. I'm a happy man. And, and yeah. the great, and the great thing is you're not done. There is so much, there is a whole lot more to, to you know, that's, that's on the horizon. That's I'm hope. so, so looking forward to hearing all the great news about more stuff that you've done, more stuff that uh, that you're working on, different projects, different composers, I, I'm I'm psyched. I am I'm really really excited for what you have in store, what you what the whole industry really has in store. And I say to all of you, all of you out there that are film score lovers, you have a home here. <laughs> you know this yeah. like you. You have a home here. You have a home with with uh, with Peter. You know, like we love to hear from you guys, and we love to. This is just a really, really wonderful industry. Also, um, let me let me throw in there. 
Yeah. There's a great website where you can go and, and talk about film music, filmscoremonthly.com. They have a great message board. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of people go uh, and talk about film music, new releases, old releases. So uh, if you don't know about it, check it out. You know, Film Score Monthly, Lucas Kendall, a uh, great place to talk and all that good stuff. That's that's great. And I hope that all of you that have uh, that have been listening, not only can not only film score lovers who now all of a sudden have some new avenues to explore, but those of you who are who have their own passion. And as long as you keep on pursuing it, as long as you make it something that is truly your own, something that you continue to pursue, it's just going to be just one more fulfilling day after another. And I really hope that all of you experience these sort of things that that Peter has, go- that has gone through, that um, that I've gone through with, with my writing, that I go through with my podcast and getting to talk to all these these great people is just such a blessing. And I really hope that all of you are as inspired by all of this as I am. And so for Peter Hackman, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.